0: WSJM News Now. This is the 5 o'clock news block on News Talk Sports 94.9 WSJM. Brought to you by the town Crier Wire. Download that free local news app today. In the newsroom, I'm Andrew Green. Legislation to reduce distracted driving is now headed to Governor Gretchen Whitmer. State Representative Joey Andrews tells us it passed out of the House today. The package bans holding a phone to talk while driving. It encourages hands-free driving. and I believe there's some stuff in there to you know, help people get access to hands-free setups. But as long as your phone is hands-free in some way, whether it's Bluetooth or on one of those holders, totally fine. Andrews says the legislation prohibits sending or receiving a call with your hands using social media and viewing or recording a video. The goal is for drivers to keep their eyes on the road. This bill's come up a few times over the last several cycles, and for whatever reason, it just has not ever made it across the finish line. It's been illegal to text and drive in Michigan for a while, but it's pretty difficult for police to know if you're texting specifically, so it's been relatively unenforceable. Using your phone for navigation, as long as you're not holding it and looking away from the road, will still be allowed. Violations will come with a $100 fine for the first offense and $250 fines in, for additional offenses. Andrew says the rules will take effect in June. Former Congressman Fred Upton says indicted New York Congressman George Santos should step down from Congress immediately. More from WSJM's Ken Lundberg. United States Representative George Santos is a New York Republican who now faces a 13-count federal indictment for wire fraud, theft, money laundering, and making false statements. Even before Santos was sworn into office last January, longtime representative and now former congressman Fred Upton has been calling for Santos' resignation. He should be thrown out. And the ethics committee, which I know at least was reported that was going to start investigating him back in March... They, they need to get the job done and, and really threaten him by saying you're going to be expelled if you don't resign on your own. Upton appearing on MSNBC's Anna Cabrera Reports says enabling Santos to keep voting, working on legislation and participating in top secret hearings is a pox on the U.S. House and he needs to go. Ken Lundberg, WSJM News. Retired Berrien County Sheriff's Department Chief Deputy Robert Boyce has been commended by the Berrien County Board of Commissioners with a resolution thanking him for his many years of service. At a meeting today, Chair Mac Elliott presented the resolution. I have been given the happy and sad task of reading this resolution, happy because Bob is well-deserving, sad because Bob is retiring. Boyce started out with the sheriff's department in 1995. He became the chief deputy in 2017. and County Prosecutor Steve Perangeli said he worked with Boyce when starting out. I learned more from Boyce than I can explain. It's immeasurable. He was a brilliant, calm, humble servant of the people. Something that I think is lost. Sheriff Paul Bailey said Boyce had an amazing work ethic staying at the office as late as he needed to get the job done. Boyce started out his police career in 1987 in Hillsdale County. After coming to the Sheriff's Department, he served as a deputy, a sergeant, a lieutenant, a captain, and then finally chief deputy. He told commissioners it was an honor to serve the community. Berrien County commissioners are about to get the ball rolling on $15.8 million in building projects. The board has hired Bakioki Construction to help it prioritize construction and maintenance work as the list of needs exceeds the funds available to complete everything. Commissioners were told last week a breakdown of all projects divides them into five categories of importance, with one through three being the most important. Commissioner Jim Curran told colleagues this morning a resolution is coming soon to seek bids for those three categories. However, bidding should include scope classes 1 through 5 in an effort to find economies of scale. In other words, if they're on item number 3, but item number 5 would be a companion and we could save money by doing that, we're basically saying do it. Those three categories are life and safety, code violations, and deferred maintenance. The county is seeking to lock in contracts on those projects in case the federal government pulls back some COVID funds because they have Been spent yet. The projects include everything from sidewalk and parking lot work at animal control to bulletproof doors at the courthouse to window replacements at the jail. The County Board of Commissioners is watching as state lawmakers consider legislation governing sand and gravel mines. Speaking today, Commissioner Dave Volrath said the package would move permitting and oversight of those mines to the Michigan Department of Environment, Great Lakes, and Energy from locals. Well, it's just taking control away from the local governments. The state wants to regulate how they operate, and right now it's local control, and in my opinion, my humble opinion, I think we should keep it that way yeah. because I think the people around here know more what's going on here than, and the people over on the other side of the state know more what's going on in their area than, than the people in Lansing. Several groups have come out opposed to the idea. County Administrator Brian Deset said Chair Mac Elliott is among those who exp- who have expressed protest. Supporters of the bill say they would help address the broken supply chain for road projects. The Benton Harbor Area Schools Board of Education is considering how to spend what's left of federal dollars that were given to the district during the COVID pandemic, Speaking at a meeting this week, consultant Molly Vincent from Hungerford Nichols accounting firm said there's still plenty of elementary and secondary school emergency relief or ESSER mm-hmm. money to spend. Of the ESSER mm-hmm. funds, there's about 43 million that was awarded to Benton River. We're spent about 15 so far. The ESSER money comes in three phases, ESSER 1, 2, and 3. Vincent said there are deadlines for spending those dollars. ESSER 2, we are projecting to be spent down by the end of this fiscal year, which is 630. And then we're already making progress to spending down ESSER 3, which has some of the hot topic items in it as well. We talked about technology. We've been talking about some of the boilers. There are things that are pieces of that will be funded with ESSER 3. The deadline for everything is the end of September of next year. Trustee Ronaldo Triplett asked for a detailed list of how all ESSER money has been spent so far. He said trustees and the public should have their voices heard when it comes to how those funds are used. And Lake Michigan College is planning to hold an awards ceremony for high school performing arts programs this month. LMC Dean of Arts and Sciences Christopher Zook tells us the second annual WAVE Awards will be May 14th with nine schools taking part. Basically a high school version of the Tony Awards that really gets our high school musical theater community to uh, rally together and provides educational opportunities and creative growth to the students because we send a team of professionals out to view all of the musicals and provide them with written feedback feedback. Sook says there's a great deal of talent putting on shows at Southwest Michigan schools and this is a way to recognize and encourage those students. The event started last year with four schools and has expanded. High schools taking part this month include Bridgman, St. Joseph, Lakeshore, Hartford, Dwajak, New Buffalo, Cassopolis, and Penn High School. The Celebration starts at 7 p.m. May 24th at the Mendel Center main stage at the LMC Benton Harbor campus with red carpet arrivals at 6. Anyone can attend. Zook says it's astonishing how the arts community has rallied around the idea. WSJM News Now Continues with your Bloomberg Report. WSJM News Now Continues, brought to you by Imperial Furniture in Dwajak, where furniture shopping is fun. The final hours on Title 42 continue to tick by with members of the Biden administration, including Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas, reassuring border communities the country and the administration are prepared for anything once the clock strikes strikes 12 tonight. More if maybe he's Karen Travers. Secretary Mayorkas was candid. He said it is going to be difficult for a while. He said, make no mistake about it. It is going to be difficult, but they're hoping it is a short period of difficulty because of the work that the administration has done. He says there are working with uh, officials in the border towns, the border communities, and governors in those states, and they're trying to assure them that they have the resources they need to prepare for what might be coming. Meanwhile, migrants were rushing across the Mexico border in hopes of entering the U.S. in the final hours before pandemic-related asylum restrictions are lifted. Many migrants fear the change could make it more difficult for them to stay. With a midnight deadline looming, migrants in Mexico shed clothing before descending a steep bank into the Rio Grande clutching plastic bags filled with clothes one man held a baby in an open suitcase on his head on the u.s side of the river migrants put on dry clothes picked up their belongings and made their way through wire many surrendered immediately and hoped to be released while pursuing cases in immigration court just 24 hours after being indicted on federal charges new york congressman george santos returned to capitol hill today a criminal defendant Despite facing 13 counts of wire fraud, money laundering, and theft of public funds, the first-time congressman says he still intends to run for a second term, more maybe maybe he's a Rachel Scott. Santos is defiant, not backing down. And now at least a dozen House Republicans are calling on him to resign. House Speaker Kevin McCarthy, who is counting on Santos's vote to remain in power, is not calling for him to step down. But for the first time, making it clear he will not support Santos' bid for re-election. Protecting a narrow four-vote majority, Republican leaders in the House are making clear the legal process needs to play out with Santos before they take steps to force him out. The freshman congressman has been accused by federal prosecutors of embezzling money from his campaign, falsely receiving unemployment funds, and lying to Congress about his finances. The position that Republican leaders have staked out generally follows the precedent that Congress has set in similar matters over the years. The House has expelled only two members in recent decades, and both votes occurred after the lawmaker had been convicted of federal charges. The White House says COVID-19 is no longer a public health emergency in the U.S., ABC's Nina Padilla has more on how that could affect consumers who use telehealth services. People were having serious problems, could not get out of their homes, so it was so important for people to be able to speak to someone over, you know, over Zoom or over FaceTime. That, thankfully, is going to continue at least until December of 2024, which means the providers are still going to be able to talk to you and also prescribe medicine. But how much of that is covered is going to again depend on if your therapist is in or out of network or your provider. So really must check and see if the people you've been using even over telehealth are in or out of network because you might have some coinsurance pickup there. The Biden administration is proposing new limits on greenhouse gas emissions from coal and gas fired power plants. Its most ambitious effort yet to reduce planet warming pollution from the nation's second largest contributor to climate change. A rule unveiled today by the EPA could force power plants to capture smokestack emissions using technology that's not in widespread use in the U.S., to finalize, the rule would mark the first time the federal government has restricted carbon dioxide emissions from existing power plants, which generate 25 percent of U.S. greenhouse gas pollution. That's second only to do the transportation sector. Industry groups and in republican leading states accuse the Democratic administration of overreaching on environmental regulations. There was a U.S. Supreme Court victory today for a transgender woman fighting her deportation to Mexico. More from ABC's Faith Abube. Another shot at asylum for 33-year-old transgender woman Estrella Santos Zacarias after the Supreme Court ruled in her favor Thursday. Zacarias wanted the federal courts to review her asylum case after an immigration judge said she did not qualify for asylum, even though Zacarias argued she faced extreme danger due to gender violence in Mexico, including being beaten at a bus stop by three attackers and bludgeoned unconscious at her. Her workplace. The unanimous Supreme Court decision means a federal judge can take up her case despite arguments by the Biden administration over jurisdiction. Faith Abube, ABC News, Washington. And a popular YouTuber is now facing federal charges for allegedly staging a plane crash and then destroying evidence to prevent an investigation. Morph maybe ABC's Alex Stone. The video went viral. YouTube star Trevor Jacob flying his small plane over Santa Barbara County in late 2021. The engine quits, he parachutes out, and the plane crashes caught on video. Now federal prosecutors, as part of a plea deal, have charged Jacob with obstructing an investigation. They say, as many suspected, he staged the crash for YouTube views and then hoisted the crashed plane out and dismantled it so investigators could not inspect it. He's agreed to plead guilty to one count that could get him 20 years in prison. Alex Stone, ABC News. WSJM News now continues with your weather forecast.